Welcome to Small Business Minutes. We will learn to survive, adapt, and thrive. Welcome to our Business GPS podcast series. In this series, we will discuss business navigation topics. Those are starting a new business, purchasing an existing business, growing your thriving business, headwinds that ultimately come and how to deal with them, succession and succession planning, and the sale of a business. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode in our business GPS series. Uh, This episode is on purchasing a business. So the first episode was on starting a business from scratch. This one is not purchasing an ongoing business. Um, why would you do one versus the other? It's a good question. It's one that needs an answer, I think, um, when you're considering how best to appro- uh, approach this. Purchasing an ongoing business may provide you the history necessary for funding that purchase. As if you listen to the first episode, I mentioned that. Many startup small businesses do not get bank funding because they are new. And the track record of new businesses surviving um, is not very good. Whereas if you purchase an existing business, it has a history of, of uh, hopefully success and therefore um, data that uh, would be helpful to a lender um, to. Um, allow them to fund uh, part of the purchase. As I mentioned, an existing business has um, a history, which is helpful um, in, um, in assessing um, the value, but also um, it makes it uh, easier, uh, at least out of the gate, to um, buy a company that is uh, existing. It certainly gives you a running start. Um, um, the one thing that that I've been asked many times um, in this situation is, um, in the long run, which will be more economical? And that's really hard to answer that question um, because you are looking at what it would cost to start a business from scratch with no customers um, uh, and and building out whatever you need to build out in the way of asset purchases and hire and train employees if that's necessary versus buying an an existing business that has all of that already. And not only just think about the, the, um, the intangible part of having employees who already know the business, um, and are a part of already uh, making it successful. Starting something from scratch can be really hard. Um, if it's just you, uh, that's a different situation. But if it's a business that requires capital and equipment and employees, uh, sometimes finding the right business to purchase makes more sense. I think the next step in all of this is, is targeting what type of business. A lot of that has to do with your own experience 
and background and um, understanding of the business. I've recently read that um, there are a significant number of businesses that will be changing hands in the next decade. Many of them uh, started and um, and run successfully by um, what are referred to as uh, baby boomers. Um, they've run the businesses, they made them successful, and now um, they want to exit and enjoy the the value of the business um, um, by selling it and not having to be involved in the day to day operations. And those businesses come in all sizes and flavors and locations. Um, and so there's, I think there's plenty of inventory out there um, if you're looking to purchase a business. Um, so where do you start? Uh, there are, there are um, certainly you could retain a broker, a business broker to help you seek out um, uh, targets for your purchase. Maybe you are aware of a business for sale. Um, you know, a lot of it has to do whether you want um, or the seller wants anonymity uh, to start. You want anonymity to start. Maybe it's because it's in your geographical area and you really want to tread carefully um, and not make um, people aware of your intentions. Um, a broker can do that for you. Um, there's also web uh, resources uh, that would that that publish uh, businesses for sale. Um, a lot of those uh, a lot of those listings are, um, you know, it doesn't provide the names so much. It doesn't it doesn't provide you know it's it there's there's some anonymity to the listings, um, but they do list enough information for you to um, decide whether. Um, the listing is enticing and to pursue, you know, um, a little bit more. Um, once you would go through that process, either with a broker or some web listing, um, the seller will definitely require legal documents from you. Um, one is known as a NDA or non-disclosure agreement, and it basically says that you won't disclose um, to any other party. Um, and there are exceptions uh, for accountants and lawyers and things like that, but you won't disclose uh, any of these details um, to anybody else. Uh, that's pretty standard, and you should expect to sign one. And if you don't want to sign one, then they won't. I'm, I would think they wouldn't release the data to you. So you've gone through the, the process of uh, targeting. You've found a listing or two. and um, they typically list the sales price with the listing or a range. Um, and so the next question I think you need to ask is how did the seller arrive at that price? You know, did they just kind of write it down on a piece of paper? Um, I've had clients uh, who were interested in purchasing a business. The seller essentially did that. Um, something along the lines of they said, well, I just believe my business is worth this amount of money. And in, when you're when you're valuing a business, its its valuation is a small business since it's not trading on a on an exchange and it's not you know it's not something that you you can see the market value right away for something. Um, 
there are evaluation techniques, and we have a few uh, certified evaluation um, analysts in our firm. And so there's uh, standard techniques to value a small business. And um, so if the, if the seller discloses that they had a valuation done, uh, certainly you would want to get a copy of that um, to analyze. Um, if they didn't have a valuation done, and maybe even if they did, um, you would want them to provide you de- detailed financial records, um, probably five years worth of financial statements if they had them prepared by an outside accountant, as well as tax returns. Um, that's where you would start um, to analyze uh, and, and develop a, a range of value. Get clarity. Clarity is Molinari Oswald's small and medium-sized business, all-inclusive services platform. Business is our business. We want to help you be successful. If the pandemic made anything more clear, it was that businesses had to have up-to-date, accurate information. Those that did were able to make quick decisions whether that was applying for PPP funds or determining they qualified for other grants and credits. First and foremost, we feel the best way we can help you be successful is to be your bookkeeper. That will ensure records are up to date, reconciled and accurate. Next, we will be your tax compliance department. Payroll, sales, income and other taxes will be filed timely and accurately. Lastly, we will be your business coach. We will meet with you on a frequency you decide to discuss any and all business questions. We will dissect your financial data and make suggestions. No surprises when it comes to income taxes. We will prepare projections and plan, so April 15th is just another day. All of this is included in one monthly fee. One bill, no surprises. If you're interested, fill out a contact form on our website or call our office at 610-871-6700 and someone will get back to you as soon as possible. If they didn't have a valuation done, you know, I would suggest that you consider engaging a firm, depending on the purchase price, to at least give you a range of value. If you, What I've found sometimes is I've had uh, someone who's a purchaser come to me because they're pursuing a business for sale and they say something like the seller has told me that they haven't declared all their income on their tax return. Maybe it's a cash business. Um, but I always tell the buyer that, um, that knife cuts both ways and, um, we have to rely on the tax returns as the, as the true information to calculate value. And actually, I've counseled clients to walk away from those types of situations um, because it's just a bad vibe. Um, the other thing in evaluation, especially if you're going to have someone analyze the records that were provided to you, is uh, at some level or degree, there may be things <clears throat> pardon me, in the finances that, are, that need to be adjusted. Uh, for example, if the owner of the business also owns the real estate that the company occupies, the rent may be too high or too low. And that would need to be something that would need to be adjusted in the valuation. These are typically referred to as normalizing adjustments. Um, They make the statements 
they adjust the statements to be normal for that size business occupying that size space given the local uh, rent rent rates and things like that the other area where there could be adjustments is pay um, the owner may be paid uh, too low of a salary or too high of a salary <clears throat> pardon me that could also be true with some personnel um, especially if they're related um, uh, you know, you might find that the uh, company is paying the owner's children and they're not doing anything, you know, all kinds of things we've found over time. Um, the other place where there are adjustments typically is personal expenses. These are expenses that might be that are not business expenses <clears throat> that the owner has decided to deduct on their tax return. Um, these would need to be adjusted as well. Um and these adjustments go back and forth. And once you have, you know, five years of, of operating activity, it will allow you to come up with a value and uh, compare that to the asking price of the company. Um, from there, that's where the negotiation starts. I think what I've found is that if there's a huge disparity uh, in, in, in what you've received as a valuation versus, versus the purchase price, uh, typically, um, Deals die there. Uh, the seller believes what they believe about the value of their company, and uh, maybe they will find someone who will pay that. But you know, you don't want to start out um, paying an unfair price for something because you will have to pay for that, um, depending on how you fund uh, the the uh, purchase. Um, once the once negotiations start, um, there's two basic ways that acquisitions occur. One is an asset purchase. And the other is an entity purchase. Um, I'll start with the entity purchase. The entity purchase is basically this. The seller has a corporation or an LLC, and it's called XYZ LLC. And as a buyer, you're buying the stock or the LLC units of the company. And so you will own the company. It continues and you will own it. A lot of times that is... You know, there are legal issues with that, and you would want to consult an attorney at that point in time. But um, what ends up happening is you're buying any prior liabilities that are associated with that entity, which could be a real concern. You, uh, in any of these things, you ask for disclosures, but it's possible that, um, you know, the owner may be hiding something or is unaware. And so that's something really to be concerned about. So most of the time, these uh, acquisitions end up being an asset purchase which means that all of the assets are assigned a value uh, based on the purchase price. There's an allocation of that to all the assets, including goodwill uh, and any names that might be purchased. You know, you might be doing business in a, in a particular name. Uh, those typically come over. Um, and um, so there's an allocation. And, and just there are, so there are liability issues, which I mentioned, uh, which are really uh, more uh, legal in scope and really, would need to be discussed with an attorney. Um, but then there are the tax issues related to uh, the acquisition. Um, an asset purchase is typically, uh, typically better for the purchaser and has some tax um, negative consequences to the seller. <clears throat> um, conversely, an entity sale typically has negative tax consequences to the purchaser and uh, positive consequences to the seller. It typically has to do with capital gains versus 
ordinary income and the tax rate differences of, of those. And so you would want to be aware of those things. Um, and those things are typically negotiated as well. But more times than not, m- most of the acquisitions end up being asset purchases um, because uh, there, no one wants to assume any unknown liabilities in the end. You know, the other thing to consider is once, you know, you've gotten through that negotiation process is continuity of the business. Um, the things that factor into continuity are, uh, one thing I already mentioned, is any key uh, branding, names, uh, things that, that they're, they've been known for. Uh, you obviously want to protect those things and make sure you've secured those. The other area I think that, you know, isn't really factored into the value but is so important uh, are the key employees, the people that make the business go every day. You want to make sure that you have secured their employment. You may have to do so with agreements, but that is a very key thing. You know, I've heard someone say that that the, the most valuable asset that doesn't appear on a company's balance sheet are its people. And that's so true. And, you know, these people come with all of the in, institutional knowledge to run the business. <clears throat> and yet, typically, they're, they're not factor in, factored into the value. And so you really want to make sure that those people come and remain with you, especially in the key beginning phases of your of the transfer ownership. And of course, the last piece to this is funding and a plan. Um, and I can point back to uh, the episode on starting a business because in in this case, the the process is the same. You want to have a, a a business plan for the ongoing transition of the business. You have history, so you can build from that history for cash flow. You have to figure out if you're going to be able to get funding uh, from a bank. And in order to do that, you need to be able to present this acquisition structure to the bank with a business plan, with a funding plan and a cash flow, and also discussing some of the key intangibles like key employees and their function in order to get funding. I think that kind of, in a nutshell, really, at a very high level, gives you an idea of all the things to be considered. And there are more, but I think these are the the key things to consider as you pursue purchasing a business. Uh, My name is Fran Molinari. I'm the host of Small Business Minutes. Appreciate you listening. If you have questions, I certainly will put information in the episode notes um, on how to contact us. If I, I think I believe, I believe I have some resources there as well, just some basic resources on purchasing a business. I will put those links in the episode notes as well. I appreciate you listening. And certainly if you have questions, you can contact us. Thank you for listening. Remember, we all start small. This podcast is sponsored by the accounting firm of Molinari Oswald, located in Center Valley, PA. Serving small businesses globally. If you love this podcast, please subscribe and tell a friend. Thank you.